0: on local now channel 525 this is the pro america report on the answer san diego
1: welcome 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 ed martin here on the pro america report don't forget visit uh dot and uh there you'll see lots of our work, but follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin, also at Eagle Ed Martin. Welcome to the Pro America Report. A lot to cover today. In a few moments, we will, uh, catch up, uh, with my old friend Todd Bensman. We'll talk with Todd Bensman and, um, catch up what's on, what's going on at the border. His new book out is called, uh, let me get it right. Overrun. Overrun is what it's called. Uh, great book and a great guy. We'll talk with him and also, um, We will spend some time with another author. His name is Kenneth uh, Timmerman, and he has written a book. I found it very, very entertaining. Um, The book is, um, let me see, I'll get the paperwork out in front of me. It's called, And the Rest is History, Tales of Hostages, Arms Dealers, Dirty Tricks, and Spies. Kenneth Timmerman is a longtime journalist. A very cool book. We'll talk with him. All right. But what you need to know today uh, is this. The Alex Jones decision, you probably saw this, that he uh, was uh, sued in Connecticut state court. He was sued for a the uh, tort, which means a civil proceeding about what he said when he claimed that I think it was the claim was something like Sandy Hook was staged. I'm not sure how that he, of course, um, denounced, uh, uh, renounced that after a while. He did it for a long time, though, I think. And he renounced it. Um, and said he was wrong to do it and he apologized and all that. But he had done something uh, damaging to the parents, to the families of Sandy Hook, and they sued him, okay, which they have the right to do. And I think I can understand, no, oh, I can't understand the argument about why he got to sue. His point was, you know, you, uh, their point was, you said this about our kids, it damaged us, traumatic damage, and all that. And so he sued. I think he was sued. And he went to court and they tried the case and he lost the case. And at this point the jury gave uh, awarded a, a nearly 1 billion with a B award. Now that's ridiculous on its face. And frankly uh, you can't if you're the judge, you actually I don't know how, what the law is in um, in Connecticut, but you don't let that stand. Right. The judge has to throw that out. He has to have the courage to throw it out because there's no way that's an appropriate remedy for that lawsuit. But they covered it like it was righteous, like it was OK. And here's the point. My point on this is they're not doing this to actually uh, handle the Alex Jones uh, so-called um, tort. They're doing this as a political point. And I was on a different program. I was on a TV program. I was rec- recording it uh, earlier today. And, and the left winger on there said this is exactly what he deserves. But here's my point. When uh, Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin took a, a, a severed head of Donald Trump image and was on, was, took photographs. And she got in a lot of trouble. I, I said, that's crazy. She's a comedian. You, you can't punish her for and you can say people said at the time, oh, well, what about Barron? You know, Barron saw his dad like this. I mean, first of all, Trump is a public figure. That's one part of it. But second, it, it, you know, she's a comedian. And so she lost jobs for it. Fair enough. She lost, you know, livelihood. Fair enough. If people don't think she's funny anymore. Fair enough. But she shouldn't be charged with a, a tort or or threatened with legal action. And Alex Jones went further than that, I guess. I mean, I think that's right. And he—he he is certainly a performance artist. But so he—I I don't have any problem with the legal system addressing his conduct. That—that that is what should happen. But people that think it's appropriate to give a billion dollars in damage—that's just crazy. And the message is. You will be quiet. And the guy that I was opposing on the, on the TV show was saying, we have to have some standard of disinformation. People have to be held accountable. And I went, holy cow, are you serious? Because it, one side gets to say what disinformation is. One side gets one. Who is the judge of all that? Now, I'm not a relativist. There is truth. The sky is blue. Gravity makes things fall down you know, there, you have a certain age. I'm actually a a realist too, in terms of, you know, you have a, you're born with a certain sex, male or female, but here we are. So I don't want to be a relativist and say none of it matters, but as to our system of living together, it has to be balanced. It has to not be that the, the law, the legal system is used as lawfare against the unfavored in the society. It can't be that. Now, I know somebody a, a good pure leftist will say ah but that's how it always is whoever doesn't have power is targeted I don't think so I don't think so I think that's sort of marxist and all that crazy kind of uh, uh you know kind of analysis psychobabble and stuff we have a system especially around property rights especially around you know contractual re- relations I'm talking the civil side and then we have the criminal code but we can't have a system that will allow one group or one set of people to define who's in or who's out. And in this case, use the financial burden of a billion dollar judgment and he won't pay it. He'll go bankrupt. He'll just declare bankruptcy. But here's another example Uh, Kanye said something terrible, terrible uh, like anti-Semitic, terrible stuff and Citibank is going to stop his business from practicing his business. Uh, Is that the model? Is this the model we want? I, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I, I know, but I, well, I am saying I know I'm saying, you know, d- does Citibank have a right to not associate with somebody who says anti-Semitic things? I got to think they do. But in this case, that that's a little clearer or maybe it's not. But w- we're charging forth. And when you have an administration, the Biden administration that started to set up a, a an information, a disinformation center that was going to uh, screen things. And here's my problem. No, my real overriding problem is when big government and the power of government and our legal system is used in conjunction with big media and big tech. They, they are winning the argument on what you're allowed to believe. And they're not just saying anymore that you are allowed. If you believe something that goes against the, what we think is the right thing that we think you're quirky. They're not just saying that anymore. They're saying we will destroy you that's what they're saying, so that if you're someone who doesn't think for example that marriage that gay marriage is real marriage, then that's that's so unacceptable to them they want to make that hate speech and they want to prosecute you for hate speech and they want to civilly penalize you for hate speech that's where we're headed that's a terrifying direction, whether you're Kathy Griffin making a stupid joke really poor, really poor or You're Alex Jones, who says something terrible, really horrendous, terrible. It's a very dangerous track to be on, to be pathway, to be down, that we're headed really fast. And there's example after example. I I actually saw Ambassador Sam Brownback from – he was a former senator, former congressman. We talked about this a few – a month or so ago. He served in the House of Representatives. He's been a, a governor. And he started a an organization that's promoting religious liberty. And he got a a bank account open with I think it was one of the big banks. I forget which one now, so I won't guess. And then they realized what the topic was and they shut it down. And they wouldn't give him a reason. I mean, you know, again, the the the, the woke culture, the, the woke culture should correct and self correct when their insanity is confronted by we the people. Right. If you're going to let uh, all the boys run uh, and excuse me, all the boys swim as transgender women at the Ivy Leagues, pretty soon normal swimmers, boys and girls are not going to go to the Ivy Leagues. I think they'll decide they'll sort of self-select that out. It's very bad. And I hope they actually do pass laws that don't let it happen. But still. But when more and more of the institutions or the entities that want to do that are backed up by the government. And I'll just put a fine point on it. Remember, I keep telling you, in Georgia, we had John Schlafly on the show yesterday. In Georgia, we have a local prosecutor who is echoing the, U- the attorney general from New York in saying that they have to get Trump, and they're using their job, their law, their power to do that. That's a bad, bad thing to be uh, so uh, obviously doing and not being limited by the, by the others in your, in your tribe. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with Todd Bensman, our old friend, and find out what is happening at the border. It seems like more people are paying attention to the border. If you go to ToddBensman.com, ToddBensman.com, you can read all about, learn all about all of his books. The first one is America's Covert Border War. The next one is called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, and uh, at Bensman Todd is Todd Bensman, and Phyllis Schlapp com to find this interview after we're done welcome back todd how are you i'm doing well thanks for having me uh, so uh the border what's going on it, i mean we can say this just five or six weeks before the election seems to be more attention broadly speaking on the border but what's happening down there what's actually happening on the ground
0: well it's the usual uh extremely high volume of uh immigrants coming across illegally uh they're they're There seems to be a shift down there. I don't know how interesting that part is, but uh, it is sort of to those of us who follow it closely that um, from the south Texas tip where the epicenter of the mass migration crisis has been, it seems to be uh, shifting west to west Texas and uh, even into Arizona Hmm. because the cartels are just charging so much. They just were, you know, you know, as they do, they get very greedy and uh, it's cheaper to to cross through other cartel territories. There's a huge huge move to the West, and that's where most of them are going. Now, the most interesting thing I think that has happened is that the Biden administration is going Trump again on Venezuelans because – Remember, there are six million Venezuelans that have left their country for surrounding countries, Colombia, Ecuador, et cetera. And the administration has been allowing tens of thousands of Venezuelans to enter the country mm-hmm. uh, with like within 48 hours of getting there, right? It's mm-hmm. just a, a turnstile right into the country. So naturally, you know, all six million of them <laughs> are headed this way and the biden administration is now going to start uh title 42-ing all venezuelans back into mexico starting i think this week it may have already begun Mm -hmm. uh that is something that uh you know this administration doesn't do a lot of they have done some of it because they realize that it works it suppresses uh the desire to come here uh if you're not going to get over the border and get stuck in mexico you might just stay where you are until you can so that is uh about to get underway and um beyond that uh the numbers for the the final numbers for the fiscal year are right yeah
1: yeah yeah what what's the word on that it's not when is it out any any because the fiscal year ended uh, september 30th right yeah uh
0: there they should be due out any day however i happen to have the numbers somebody slipped them to me uh-huh. uh it looks like we're going to be coming in at right at about 2.3 million for the fiscal year it's an all-time record uh we've already been been in in all-time record territory for a long time already so uh but but never in american history have in a single year have we had you know two plus million people be apprehended at the border And 60% of those have actually been allowed into the country, uh, plus another uh, probably 500,000 got away. So I mean, literally just millions of people pouring over the border uh, in the last year. And uh i see absolutely no end in sight to this
1: tonight. so let me let me pause for one second if you got 2.3 million fiscal year 2022 is that tw- is that right it's uh, and it would be 60% got in um so uh, I, I mean i'm not i'm doing quick on the on the you know uh, top of my but you're, you're talking about maybe 1.5 million um are uh in the country plus another 500,000 right the gotaways so yeah, you're talking you're talking about close to 2 million people have come across our border and are in the country right now
0: that's right at least at least right because uh you know those include a lot of what they call gotaways and that's a notoriously undercounted number so uh it could very well be three and a half million uh because i mean people are just pouring over that border and getting right through border patrol there's nobody there so that's just a, you know a low end estimate, the five hundred thousand.
1: When does that uh, number come out? When, when does the uh, when does the, the government have to publish the fiscal year numbers? You got a, a copy handed to you. What, what, when do they have to publish it?
0: I mean, they usually come out with it right about now.
1: Oh, you know, about mid mid
0: mid the following month is uh, so we're waiting for that. I mean, it should probably come in somewhere between one hundred and fifty to two hundred and ten thousand somewhere in there that's Mm. just apprehensions not not the gotaways for the month of september i mean there's pouring in that's you know two hundred thousand months uh are nothing unusual anymore under this under this crisis
1: um, we're talking with Todd Benzman again at uh, Benzman Todd on Twitter, Todd dot com to uh, go to his website You can sign up for his newsletter there. You don't send enough of those newsletters, but I don't need to hit you on that. Uh, he's the senior uh, policy uh, senior uh, national security uh, fellow at uh, the Center for Immigration Studies. So the, now in the past, when that number came out, is it a story? Is that sort of a hook that they'll write a story on? And do you think in this context it won't be much of a story because it's too bad a story?
0: It should be a story. Uh, even when the numbers last month, the numbers hit the uh, a new all time record. You know the August numbers. Right. Even the New York Times wrote about that grudgingly. Uh, but but I do think that you know the end of a fiscal year, you know the end of a twelve month period is kind of one of those benchmarky sorts of moments. Yeah, right. And, right. You know I I anticipate that there will be press coverage of that in the midst of an election season you're you you just look like you're suppressing the news if you don't force yourself <laughs> to write stories about that
1: right may i go back uh, todd we're talking with todd bensman for a second too uh you mentioned that the shifting patterns of crossing which is are, are, are you can see because of the numbers and apprehensions and you said that you knew um i guess from your sources and all that the reason is um uh, one cartel is charging more and it's it, market is moving there how many cartels are down at the border i mean how many how many vendors are there to get across the border
0: well uh there are you know the five big ones uh, okay. some, some call it six uh that these are these are cartels that um either uh, abut the texas and arizona california new mexico borders Uh, or have significant inland territory that immigrants have to cross over. So they all kind of get a piece of the action. But at the border, uh, you know, you're going to have the Gulf cartel and C, J and G and the Sinaloa cartel, uh, which controls the Sonoran part, the Juarez Mm -hmm. cartel, Um, the, the Gulf cartel. Uh, also, sometimes people call it the zetas uh those are the that 's the cartel that has been enriched the most hmm. uh and c c j and g as well uh new Jalisco generation those cartels uh I have a piece that hasn 't run yet you should call me tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> i'll call uh, you back i 've got a huge piece uh you know two thousand for me that 's a big piece running in the Federalist tomorrow morning. Okay. Uh uh-huh. All about this. Hmm. Uh, the uh, it might be for a different show, but um, you know, my contention is that that these cartels, which are all doing battle right now across Mexico, waging uh, warfare, and I mean big time warfare, are more um, powerful militarily and more heavily equipped militarily than ever before. Because of the massive billions of dollars in profit that they have reaped from this mass migration crisis, charging these immigrants an arm and a leg just across the river for like, you know, 5 million of them at least, charging them, you know, $2,500, $5,000, $8,000, $10,000 a head to cross over there for two years straight. So they're incredibly flush with money. And my contention is that. This is going to have severe uh impacts on American national security and on, Amer- on an American economic interest in ways that have never happened before, especially hmm. the longer this goes on and i I explain the whole thing out um in my piece my federalist piece
1: well maybe we'll have you back on to get that but i mean but the the, the um you, your first book on those on that of of course the the impact of national security or or you know and and i think um you know uh, what we can't tell is what we're missing right i mean some of the to be frank the the people that are getting caught apprehended are probably at this point they know a lot of them are getting through anyway so it's not their priority in some sense there's plenty of people that want to get through and are not apprehended and, and don't want to get apprehended i mean and so so that we don't, we don't even know who that, uh, how that, um, how big that uh, piece of the the uh, the, yeah, the pie it. is. Uh, Todd Bensman is our guest again at uh, at uh, Benzman Todd on Twitter. Good Twitter feed, ToddBensman.com. dot uh, com. His website where you can see more about his book, which is uh, available from Post Hill Press. Uh, is um wait is is um uh, overrun available yet? I'm sorry to tell you, as I say this, is available for pre order on Amazon or Barnes
0: and Noble or okay. anywhere. Okay, uh, it, it's not set to be published uh for a couple more months probably right after the new congress is seated unfortunately i would have liked to have gotten it out during the campaign mm-hmm. but uh, it is what it is yeah it's, so it's, um, it's uh, uh,
1: i meant to do this with you before because i always talk and ask you the questions in my head what am i missing is there anything that when i when you're talking to me or thinking that the people am i am, is there something i'm missing i had one of my listeners say shut up and ask him what he wants to tell us uh what what, what, what am i missing I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> I know. That. Um
0: I mean, you know, I think I think that um you know, the the outcome of these elections are going to matter greatly if mm-hmm. if the uh <clears throat> Senate changes hands uh then we uh may see very significant movement in uh policy as Republicans, as Republicans try to um, use whatever the power of the purse and the bully pulpit to force the administration to change, but also the messaging of a change in the chambers to the Democratic Party at large, that this situation on the border is untenable for them. It's simply damaging to their power. Right, uh, undermining their power, and I think that the elections are hugely important in that. <laughs> Just a couple days ago, uh, Bill Clinton, former President Bill Clinton, came out like some kind of a Center for Immigration Studies fellow, <laughs> you know, talking about <laughs> yeah. how, how terrible uh, this mass migration crisis is for the party, <laughs> and that it had to, it has to stop, It hmm. has to end. And I think that Democrats uh, in leadership positions are going to have to listen to this. It's the only but if we don't catch the we don't see a change in the Senate uh, and some of these other races, there's not as big a gains in the House. I think that we're just going to be in for much worse. It means that the American public didn't care. They didn't lose power over it. Mm -hmm. They have to over. So I would just comment like that.
1: Well, and so you. One thing, one with Todd Bensman our guest, uh, Todd Bensman com uh, at Bensman Todd on Twitter. Uh, you can know Bill Clinton. Forget about principles. I don't mean it disrespectful. Don't, for just don't. What he knows is politics. What he knows is being a survivor in politics, whether it's welfare reform or tax cuts or whatever. He'll do anything to be in power, and he knows that. That uh, he, he knows what he he knows what he's talking about. So, all right, I got to run. Todd Bensman has been our guest. We'll put it all up on social media. Thank you, Todd. Hang in there. Be safe and. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Time to touch base with John Schlafly. Now, don't forget, everybody, if you go on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin is me there, at Eagle Ed Martin. If you go to phyllisschlafly.com, you will see John Schlafly's writings, his mother's writings, the late Phyllis Schlafly, as well as a bunch of our programs from the Pro America Report. So phyllisschlafly.com, at Eagle Ed Martin is me on Twitter, where there's always something happening over there. So welcome back, John. How are you? I'm fine, Ed. How are you today? I'm doing fine. So this column, it's perfectly timed. Uh, You and I sort of talk about this stuff and have been bouncing around. Weaponized prosecutions create a Biden police state. John and Andy Schlafly over at Townhall.com. Their column runs the Schlafly Report. Um, John, off the air, you mentioned to me that um, you and Andy have been working on this and have sort of, I don't know if you you both come to the conclusion, but you mentioned a conclusion that what's happening in Georgia is maybe the most important thing in the country that nobody's covering so tell me what you're seeing in georgia this uh, georgia prosecutor
2: well right the 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 threats of prosecutions and both criminal and civil actions against uh president trump himself as well as everything everyone in the trump's orbits but the uh the prosecutor of fulton county which is atlanta georgia has been working on this for a year and uh has 20 targets they've announced. And uh, uh, she basically promised that she's going to be rolling out indictments right after the election. And uh, so this is a concern where one rogue, well, I don't say rogue. I mean, she is elected, but but what I mean is one out of the 3,000 counties in the United States is essentially, uh, you know, uh, handicapping or hamstringing one of, of our two political parties in our country. I mean, we just can't allow that to go on. And yet that is what is, is gearing up to happen with this investigation.
1: John, when you look back in history, we're talking with John Schlafly. when you look back and, and I know I'll be asking you and you'll be thinking about it as I'm asking you, but are there historical um, are there historical precedents for this in America? I, I mean, you know, effectively, it's we have to take out Trump search for the crime i mean and it's it's so blatant letitia james is the attorney general of new york she ran for the job saying i'll take out trump she's in the job as attorney general of new york and and attorneys general are big jobs because our our states sort of we 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 grant our sovereignty to the federal government through our states so attorney general is sort of right at the you know i used to say you know standing between uh the government and we the people and and she says that and now down in, in um in Fulton County, we have a prosecutor again, not you know, not saying I'm a liberal, not saying I'm a, a progressive, not saying defund the police, but saying
2: I'll get Trump. I, I mean, are there examples like this in American history? I don't I don't know of any examples in American history. I mean, when, you know, people talked about the Alien and Sedition Acts uh, under our second president, John Adams in 18, I mean, 17 ninety seven and eight which when the next President Thomas Jefferson got in there, those uh, laws were repealed, and the people who were charged were uh, were released and uh, but but that may be the only historical example that is comparable um, and and that incident has gone down in American history as a very dark episode in our history but What's going on now really is worse in a lot of ways, because the power of the prosecutor is so much greater.
1: Uh, We're talking with John Schlafly and his column is uh, entitled uh, Weaponized Prosecutions Create a Biden Police State. Um, John, uh, very practically in Fulton County, Georgia. Um, they, they are, it's a very, very Democrat leaning, uh, um, County, if I can say not unlike sort of Washington DC. And in the sense that if you went to go get a, a jury of your peers in DC right now, we're watching these January 6th defendants. There's, they have no chance. I mean, the, the whole pool is very against, uh, anybody who leans Trump or conservative but Fulton County would be the same way. So now we have a situation where, um, what are, what are they trying to enforce that? They're trying to enforce that the objections to the election were somehow what? A conspiracy uh to affect the election? I mean, the, the argument Well, yes. The, the, well the, yes, the
2: argument is that suspicions or criticisms or questions about what happened in the election in Georgia in 2020 um you know amounted to a conspiracy to overturn the election and uh, and undermine our democracy and all that kind of stuff that you hear from the left and and so they're trying to criminalize uh questions that were raised about how uh, you know over a million ballots were counted in the georgia election despite not being subjected to the kind of scrutiny that they should have been under the law for matching of signatures for ballots that were mailed in and so on.
1: Uh, so but 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 uh, what is the conduct that they're that they're trying to do i mean one side meaning the trump campaign and, and trump said it looks like the election was fraudulent is are, are they alleging again you know are they searching for what that there is uh a a, a talk between participants that somehow uh, uh you know they you know what i mean that they questioned it incorrectly basically they don't like the question or they don't like the criticism i mean where's the crime
2: Well, you know, I haven't seen anything that would justify a crime, but, you know, there's no doubt that the prosecutors do see it. And, of course, they focused on the phone call, uh, which has been much talked about between President, involved President Trump and and uh, Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state. There were a number of people on that call, Cleta Mitchell, for example, and everyone connected with that. It looks like is going to be indicted uh, for raising questions on that phone call. So yes, it's an outrage, but that, but we've seen how the narrative has changed in the last two years, and how the entire mainstream media now uh, reinforces the false idea that to merely raise questions about the security or accuracy of the election, amounted to overturning the election and a conspiracy to undermine our democracy that's the way they phrase this and um uh you know they can phrase, they can they're going to make a crime out of that and indict for it john why if they're if it's
1: so blatantly um uh political why are they waiting What is the reason to wait? I mean, here's the thing. Let me say it this way. Um, I've talked about how the January 6th Select Committee up on Capitol Hill. They thought they were going to be able to damage President Trump, and so they ran around and they did hearings, and they realized um, it's not working. In fact, polling shows it's the opposite. More Americans believe after the January 6th Select Committee hearings that there was something wrong with the 2020 elections, and they don't blame Trump. So now we have the January 6th Select Committee realizing this is isn't working they're not they're going to hold one more hearing i guess uh but then they're not going to release the report till after the election because it's not going to do anything i think they know they don't want to draw, draw attention to the fact they found nothing it, it, at this point uh the process is the punishment if if the uh, prosecutor indicted uh president trump or 18 of his lawyers next week the you you know it, it's the old um it's the old ray donovan you know labor secretary under reagan you know 18 months from now you where do I go to get my reputation back? They would have the effect. Why do you think they're waiting?
2: Well, there is, a, you know, they give lip service to not taking such drastic action within 30 or 60 days of the election. That may be part of it. But, uh, you know, and you seem to be taking the view that, you know, since there's nothing really there, uh, to, nothing legitimate, then really there's nothing to worry about. But, you know, I think you overlook just how damaging the whole process has been to the mm. whole Trump supporting half of America. I mean, but just before we uh, began this interview, Ed, you brought up the question of what's happened to the NRA, the National Rifle Association. Right. Well, it here was the probably the most uh, biggest and most important or if not the most one of the top two or three most important organizations on the pro-Trump or conservative side, and it's effectively been marginalized. And because we don't hear about it anymore. They're not doing what they used to do. And that was done by the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, who's now after Trump. And, you know, so it had that effect. It had the effect of effectively nullifying one of the most important organizations on our side. Hmm. So, you know, I mean... There's a good example of the effect of what they're doing, plus the fact they have effectively written the history of the 2020 election. And unless Trump is reelected in 24, that's the history that will be taught to succeeding generations of Americans. Well, okay, so so
1: so 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 I remember I remember uh, the late Phyllis Lafley leaning against the door jam uh, coming into my office. She was writing a book. It was who killed the who killed the American family. And she said, well, I finished all the chapters talking about who done it and all. She said, now I got to write the last chapter and say, what do we do about it? So, John, what do we do about it? okay, I I, I take your critique that I'm not um, maybe taking it seriously enough. I mean, I'm a bit jaded. There's the Russia hoax. There's, you know, now in the last 24 hours, we have the guy. One of the 50 intelligence community liars who signed the letter uh, with uh, about Biden, um, about the Biden laptop being Russian disinformation uh, on TV, on NBC or MSNBC and he or Fox. No, he's on Fox with Brett Baer. And he looks at the camera with a straight face. Either he's a lunatic or he's lying. And he says, oh, you know, read the letter closer. What we said was uh, that has the earmarks of Russian inf- uh, information campaign. We didn't say it was. We said it has the earmarks. Marks And I wanted to scream at Brett Baer to say nobody in their right mind that listens to that thinks that 50 intelligence community professionals are, are sending a code that they don't know. They're sending a message exactly what they were doing and they're using a tool. So I take your point that I'm I, maybe I'm jaded to the number of times that our country has been hijacked by the media and the left. But what do we do about it, John? As to Georgia, what do we do about it?
2: Well, as a big part of it, Ed, is we take back the House and Senate in the elections, Next month. So that's that's part of it. We can't lose sight of that. Okay. Uh, one thing about Georgia is that the state of Texas has refused to honor a subpoena from the from the Georgia prosecutor. And that was a rather audacious uh, move that they made. And uh, uh, and that's caused shockwaves at the Georgia prosecutor's office. And that was written up in The New York Times a few days ago. Uh, And so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, You know, the highest court in Texas having to do with criminal matters, because Texas divides its courts between civil and criminal, as ruled, uh, five of the nine justices held that the uh, subpoena issued by the Georgia District Attorney was not valid because the whole process that they're conducting is Not valid. So I I don't. So far, there's only one state that's been willing to do that. But some important Trump dependents are Texas residents, including Sidney Powell. So Hmm. uh, we'll see how that plays out. Mm. The um,
1: I would talk with John Schlafly again. His column, which is over at townhall.com, runs over there first and then is uh, is archived at Weaponizing prosec- weaponized prosecutions create a Biden police state. I guess, John, the uh, that, that part of that is I mean, we don't want the federal government. I mean, uh, you get the House and Senate uh, more conservative, and we still don't want the federal government to take over elections. So to your point about states can act in this way. But, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe there's, a, there's an investigation of some of these uh, prosecutors that could – At least... Put them on their heels a bit in terms of the um, their uh, willingness to go charging forward. I mean, if you were a conservative and you did what they're doing to the NRA or to Trump against, say, Planned Parenthood, you'd find yourself uh, before the bar, you know, the, the, lo- the local legal bar. You'd find yourself, uh, you know, dealing with, um, uh, you know, who knows, the Department of Justice under this president. So um, it's um, feels like the deck is stacked. All right, John, I got to run. John Schlafly, everybody. Thank you, John, as always. Uh, we'll talk again next week. Thank you, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.